0: You are listening to Fancy Film Ball with Matt and Dylan, and on this show we turn movies into sports and look at all the Oscar prospects and their fancy value. I believe that this is going to win Best Picture, and here's why. I mean Denis Villeneuve got all the nominations he needed for doing, and still missed out on the Best Director slot. Don't let me
1: get my hopes up, the Academy has disappointed me too many times.
0: Thank you to the Academy. Thank you to all of you in this room.
1: I can't remember the last time I walked out of the movie theater in such a high. No matter how certain it seems, anything can happen on nominations morning. Never count the Golden Globes for just doing something off the walls and bonkers. It's the kind of movie that reminds me
0: of why I fell in love with movies. And the Oscar goes to? Welcome into episode 32
1: of Fantasy Film Ball. My name is Dill, And my name is Matt, and this is a show where we turn movies into sports, and sports into something that we don't talk about here. And today we're going to be diving into all of our final, maybe not final, we might change some things on Gold Derby, but our final Oscar predictions for the purposes of getting them out on time for you to watch. Uh, Dylan, how are you feeling what's your like mental state like in terms of like Oscar? we just got BAFTA nominations and I'm frazzled yeah
0: I I feel that as well I mean last year I set the bar high I came in like 80th or something like that for nominations so I did pretty well last year and if I would have done like a smart choice and put Mahershala Ali out and put Harvey R. Bardem in for actor I probably would have been like top 40 top 30 because I had Bardem for very high odds but I was like you know what Swan Song Mahershala Ali I want that so it's going to happen and then it didn't. Yeah. So this year I gotta I gotta I gotta one up myself. I gotta somehow get top eighty better than that. But uh <laughs> after the BAFTAs, yeah. I don't think that's possible
1: because some crazy stuff happened. Oh, I hope to do better on Gold Derby this year, because last year I looked at my final predictions and I was like, Oh my god, I have such good odds on all these people, but I don't think they're getting in. So literally my final predictions that I put in were so much better than my gold derby predictions because i didn't mm-hmm. want to get rid of some of my good odds on things so ultimately um my gold derby sucked last year it sucked ass it was awful and this year i hope to put my actual predictions into gold derby whether or not i have good odds on them so we're just gonna stick with uh with that and we're gonna i'm gonna do well on gold derby this year i'm manifesting I it uh, I, I think i did pretty well on baftas i don't think gold derby hasn't up yet but i think i did well well we
0: will see that here coming up shortly (laughs) but uh looking ahead not just this oscars but into the future our question of the week is they announced in the michael jackson biopic something that we talked about way back way in this show back when we did our elvis review but for me um if you told me oh they're gonna do an mj biopic who would you want to direct my first pick would not be antoine fuqua and the writers of *Emancipation*. Uh, that is a interesting pair to come do this, but I will go in with optimism. Uh, Robert Richardson is the cinematographer, yeah. and I guess one thing I would suggest to maybe make this a little smoother and maybe less controversial—they shot *Emancipation* nearly black and white. Let's do this movie like that too. That way, that would actually be really actor. cool.
1: That it would be really cool if they did that because, like, if they kind of emulated some of the style of his early music videos, which were, like, so revolutionary. That'd be really mm-hmm. cool. I, but, I'd be uh, very happy with that. was more of an action director. I don't know how that will
0: translate over into a biopic, but the one thing I am confident of, Denzel Washington is playing his dad. That I will be... Uh, that's my bold take for this movie, well ahead of time. Denzel's
1: playing his dad, and Denzel is going to get an Oscar nomination. We will see. That's... I wouldn't have thought about that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense to me. Uh also, okay, so I just looked at Baftas. Uh the rankings are out. I did horribly in the rankings, but I got 75%. So like, I guess a lot of people did really well here. But not one of those people was me. probably not
0: me. Yeah, I, no, I got 74%, well but I'm ranked 1678
1: out of 2643. I'm like, I'm in the bottom half, and I got 75%. Yeah,
0: That's... I don't even want to go look at mine, because I <laughs> historically do not do well at BAFTA. I'm really good at nominations for various places, like Globes I usually do pretty well, Oscars I usually do pretty well, but then when it comes to terms for like the BAFTAs and SAG, I very much struggle with those too.
1: Right, right. Yeah, uh, I'm not, not too happy about that. Okay, I mean, I'll talk MJ Biopic too. I think Fuqua one day will get a Best Picture nomination. Why not for this? Why not? He's got Robert Richardson on. It just depends on what actor he ends up going with for for MJ. But overall, I think we know what 2024 uh, Clayton Davis's Best Picture prediction is going to yes. be. We picture know already. Director, we actor, know screenplay. He's going to predict the MJ sweep will it come true maybe maybe not who knows but uh he's gonna predict it eventually
0: one of these days one of these musical biopics has to go all the way but when the came close elvis is probably not doing it this year so who knows
1: maybe michael jackson will be the one to finally take the crown maybe it's the one also i just want to mention sundance is starting up this week so i'm hopefully going to be seeing a few of those movies over the next few days if there's anything that i'm like Really blown away by. I will. uh, I'll mention it on the show as like a wow. Maybe this could play spoiler for next year's Oscars. Maybe this could be living because I was saying that all year long. I want to take credit for for saying all year long living could be an Oscar contender. I saw it at Sundance last year and I was like this could get in, and here we are predicting our final Oscars and living is in multiple categories. So yeah, I feel good about that. On the other hand, Big L, I thought Call Jane would be. (laughs) lasting till right now it did not uh that one went to shit so call jane my bad prediction living my good prediction but we'll see because sundance is starting like officially in tomorrow tomorrow friday january 20th so yeah it starts up tomorrow and carries through until the 29th so I will hopefully come back with some uh, some good films and some uh, good predictions from that. With all that being said, I think it's time to
0: dive into this year's Oscar predictions.
1: So Matt, take it away. We're starting off with the crafts categories right here. And that is costumes, production, design, makeup, song, and score. So all these categories, I think how we're going to do this, Dylan... We're going back and forth right mm-hmm okay so do you want to take us away i i know i think you're gonna take the first category here right
0: yeah i'll start us off pretty easy today with best original song because i feel like there's a pretty consensus top four and if you're kind of in on the note it's a consensus top five and that is not too not too from rrr lift me up from black panther wakanda mm-hmm. forever hold my hand from top cut maverick ciao papa from pinocchio and applause from Tell It Like a Woman, you may be like, what is Tell It Like a Woman? Well, let me tell you, that is Diane Warren. And Diane Warren usually finds her way into a lineup of five, and this year probably shouldn't be any different because if you look at the other c- competitors, you got Carolina, Taylor Swift, new body Roomba from White Noise, and maybe a possible upset with This Is A Life and Everything Ever All At Once, mm-hmm. but that top five feels very strong to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. That top five feels very, very strong. No one has seen Tell It Like a Woman. No one knows what it is. But it's Diane Warren. She got in for Four Good Days. She got in for... um. The, oh, my God. What's the name of the Sophia Loren movie? The Something I, Life? I, 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 I remember the song, but
0: I cannot tell you the name of the movie. Because I remember the performance at the uh I, I uh, liked the, the, the
1: movie, actually. I just can't remember the name of it. Yeah. It's Something th- Life. I don't... I truly can't remember. Regardless, but it was good. She's probably in here. She's probably in. Unfortunately, um, because I definitely would love to see either Carolina or This Is the Life make it in, or New Body Roomba. I know you'd love to see the Avatar song make it in as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, recently I've really started to like New Body Roomba a lot more. Like that one would probably be my personal winner of this category. Really? Wow. Um, but. I don't know. For me, Best Original Song, so much matters to how it's used in the film as well. Like I get people probably listen to these songs not with the film, and that one I feel like works outside the film and inside the film, where a song like Lift Me Up or Nothing is Lost is solely a credit song. So like, while it may be the better overall song,
1: it doesn't really have much going on in terms of this film's context. I wish that I liked New Body Roomba more than I do. Because I Mm -hmm. love LCD Sound System. I love them. They're a great band. And to me, this song, it just feels like it would be in the bottom half of any of their albums. And it's still good. Like, a subpar LCD Sound System song is still a great goddamn track. But I feel biased against it because I'm like, oh, if they used, like, Dance Yourself Clean or um, uh, Sound of Silver or... Uh, all my friends or something like th- those are songs where i'm like oh my god this is a classic song by this band and this just doesn't feel like a classic song by this band it just feels like an okay song by this band but i guess you could say the same thing about like lift me up by rihanna or hold my hand by lady gaga um or carolina by taylor swift they're all feel or even or even this is a life by mitski and david byrne all of those mm-hmm. are like subpar songs by great artists i think i just feel a little bit extra disappointed by new body rumba
0: yeah, that's kind of how I feel If Nothing Is Lost from the weekend from Avatar. Yes. Personally, Songpour yes, would be the one if they submitted it. I feel like it probably could have maybe gotten in just because of its film's context. And mm. I don't know. It I think it would have competed a little bit more for that five spot than what Nothing Is Lost is doing. However, pretty easy cut and dry category. Now yeah. let's move to one five where for five. maybe isn't as easy, but could be very
1: just plain and simple. And that is Best Original Score. So Best Original Score Uh, I'm interested to see if we differ here at all, Mm -hmm. because I think we can agree there's a clear top three or top four. And that's Babylon, Women Talking, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and the Banshees of Inishirin. Those are the ones that I think are very solidly in. Now, the question is that number five spot. That number five spot could be a myriad of things. Uh, it could be, I believe you'd be picking The Woman King right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be All Quiet on the Western Front, which got a BAFTA nomination today. It could be The Fablemans, which is Gold Derby's front runner in the category for no goddamn reason. Uh, and it is uh, a Golden Globe nominee, but it's a movie that has it missed all of the guilds for score. Uh, and John Williams doesn't have a narrative anymore because he's not retiring. Yeah. So. I don't see it here, and I don't see the Oscars going 5-for-5 with the Globes. That doesn't happen. They don't do that. We've seen in years past, we've thought that they're going to go 5-for-5. They don't. They have a surprise. Is that going to be the Woman King? Is it going to be all quiet? Or is it going to be the BAFTA pick that happened today, everything, everywhere, all at once, which is my pick at number five.
0: Yeah, I think Everything Everywhere has a great chance, especially the film overperforms,
1: to sneak its way here in a song. I'm just scared
0: personally of over-nominating it. I know last year that wasn't a problem with like a movie like Power of the Dog, which Everything Everywhere could easily be this year in terms of nominations. But for me, Woman King just screams out, and I know this may ruffle some feathers for some people, but screams out that solo score nomination movie, like The Five Bloods, where it should be so much more. It should be a leading performance. It should be some technicals. Some people make the case for picture, maybe even director, but it just seems like one of those where it's so big, where it just so heavily underperforms, and this is the one category where I feel like it's pretty safe, because Terrence Blanchard, all those years, not getting nominated, he finally got in for the Defy Bloods, now he's kind of in the club, so... Wasn't he in for Black Klansman as well? Yes, so Black in and then Defy Bloods became his. Now he's in the club. Here's your solo nomination for a movie. And here we go again with The Woman King, which I think will be a solo nomination. However, I do like your point about everything everywhere. Easily could slide in here. I think Banshees feels pretty safe for a coattail, best picture, Kurt Barwell, And then Pinocchio, woman talking Babylon. They feel good, but the score branch, they sometimes do what they want. And they could easily just snub one of these and still put the Fablements in. Put All Quiet in. Put both woman king and everything everywhere in. It's that's a just possibility. A it's a possibility. It's a category that feels so kind of good, but at the same time, too good. And then that's where, at least for me, I'm picking something a little bit outside of the box with woman king to get in, compared to a more conventional like fablements, as you mentioned, it's
1: number one a gold derby, which
0: I think is more just people who haven't really updated their picks in a few months.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna make a, a prediction of what the surprise snub could be here, and I think that the surprise snub. On nominations morning might be Pinocchio because we've I seen agree. in the past two years Displat is up for a nomination and then he's like he gets every nomination going towards and then he misses the Oscar so I don't know if they have something against Desplat right now or if they're just tired of his style but it is very possible that we hit nominations morning and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is not here that said, there's no point in predicting that because it has shown no indication of doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but there was also no point in predicting that the French Dispatch wouldn't be here last year. So, I don't know. I will say, for those last two years of
0: Desplard Missing it have been years where his movie was very much struggling on the downward trajectory, yeah. where Pinocchio seems pretty solid and for animation to win. And then with that, it's coattailing here with a score and song nomination as well.
1: So to me, it feels like it's pretty good, but as
0: you mentioned... We had two straight years when this happened. Why not make it
1: three? Absolutely. So I I think it's possible, but I don't think that it's something to predict. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to predict it. I'm just going to stick with my guns here. And I'm gonna say uh, that it stays in and we also round out the five Banshees, everything everywhere. So Dylan, let's take it to the next category, production design. Uh, this is one where we both got burned a little bit at the Critics' Choice Awards. How have your predictions changed since then?
0: So I had that movie that we did not pick at Critics' Choice as my number one all year, and I switched it like two weeks ago. I had Babylon as my number one, and then I switched it over to Way of Water. And then Babylon won at CCA, so I was like, okay, Babylon, now it's back to my number one. It makes sense. This is Make. This is that movie that's just featuring old Hollywood, big big Once Upon a Time in Hollywood scenery. as well. And it's just... It's just too big to fail. I know that we've said that about Babylon and other categories, but here it's too big to fail. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the rest of this category, however, is going to be something I'm going to be tinkering with all the way up until Tuesday. So people out there who would like to see a more updated prediction, join our Discord. Link's in the description. We respond, we talk, we have fun. There's a lot of people in there and we all give our Oscar predictions and stuff. And it's fun, engaging environment because I'm definitely going to change this. But at the moment, I have Avatar The Way of Water at 2. Elvis at three, yep. all quite on the Western Front sneaking in at number four. Uh, this correlates with some stuff that we will get into later on. And my five slot, I'm really up in the air because I think it could be everything everywhere. I think it could be Wakanda forever. But at this very moment, I think I'm leaning Fablements. I don't like mm. that. But I just feel like Fablemans can't underperform everywhere. It's still going to have to get in some places. And I feel better about it getting in here than I do in costumes or in score.
1: Yeah, I would also feel good about that, too. But here's the thing. I mean, Black Panther... Would you believe that Black Panther is the goddamn front runner on Gold Derby in this category? Because it, it doesn't no make any sense. Sen- it makes no sense to me. None at all. That said, I do think Black Panther is getting in here. Unfortunately, because while the first film was such an outstanding achievement in production design in building the world of Wakanda, it feels like the majority of Wakanda Forever takes place in like concrete rooms. Mm -hmm. It really is such a shame because the first film was so vibrant in its production design. And this one just looks like it's just so gray. I don't, I don't see the appeal of the production design here, but that said, it has gotten in basically everywhere except for BAFTA for production design. So, personally, I would swap out—I'd have to swap out All Quiet for Black Panther, and I'd keep the rest of yours. Babylon, Avatar, Elvis, and Fablemans, and I'd just wrap that up with Black Panther Wakanda forever.
0: But yeah, All Quiet I, is I, totally the next one. I
1: definitely see that angle.
0: I just was looking at my overall nominations, like All Quiet has to get some other stuff to support a possible Best Picture nomination, and this I is a know. category where I was like, I felt pretty good, like, this could be a yeah. place where it could show up, because I felt weird, because originally I had it in, I think, three total categories, I think I had Visual Effects, uh, International, and Picture, I was like, it needs more, so then this is another yeah. one where I added it in to helpfully boost that campaign for it to be that 10th or 9th slot in Best Picture.
1: Here's the other thing, though, like, it, maybe BAFTA is just making us drastically overhype, all quiet like mm-hmm. they're the branch over between the bafta voting base and the academy voting base is not that big so it's really possible we're all just going to be overreacting the hell out of this and then all quiet turns up to do a complete goose egg and makes it into like one or two categories i mean that's
0: where i was yesterday i had it in two categories i had it in um visual effects as my five slot and I had an international feature. And then today I added some more after the BAFTA performance because I fully thought it would be House of Gucci. It would be one of those movies that shows up everywhere and then gets like nothing. But it made essentially every category at BAFTA. And I know the overlap isn't that much. That just speaks that there is passion for this movie. And I feel like it's going to carry over to some categories. Mm -hmm. And for me, at least, production design feels like it's one. But as I mentioned before, uh, the top three, I feel kind of good about, but four, five, and six, and even the case for everything everywhere could sneak into with an overperformance. Yeah, those four movies are fighting for
1: two spots, and it's just take your pick here of which one. I, I guess with all quiet, like where was that passion at the guilds? Those mm-hmm. are those are Academy members. Where was that passion at the guilds? Yeah, and what I could have, what I think we could have seen before, is that we could have seen the BAFTA overperformance. And if Oscar voting was still open, we could have seen a reaction to that. But Oscar voting's closed, so I don't know how much this is going to affect it. We're relying fully on voters feeling the exact same way. And that's why I think that All Quiet can squeak into Best Picture. But I don't think it's like, some people are saying like, oh, it's like fifth or sixth place. I I don't think, like it's number nine, if anything.
0: Yeah, it's, for it's me, just between 9 in. and 11. It's one of those. It's like three, four movies fighting yeah. for those last two
1: spots. Yeah, and that's why I don't want to overreact and put All Quiet in too many places, because we haven't seen that passion anywhere else except BAFTA. BAFTA is the only place that we've seen the passion. But goddamn, did it have passion at BAFTA.
0: Speaking of a category that has a lot of passion, that brings us to costume design because this is Ooh, a category where a baby. lot of people are very passionate about something not winning. But I know you and I both believe that thing is winning.
1: Yes, so currently, I'm I'm pretty... I think this is one of the hardest categories. It's such a toss-up between Elvis and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Black Panther won the Critics' Choice Award... And it could win the Oscar, but ultimately, I kind of feel like it's going to be Elvis. I go back and forth, though. I think, like, the other day I said that Black Panther was going to win the Oscar, and now I I don't know. I'm so torn. Um, mm-hmm. But after that, we've got Babylon in number three, and I think that's where our correlation between the two of us is probably going to, like, stop. Because uh, at number four, I've got Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. This one... You didn't like this film, Dell. We haven't talked about this. I loved this movie. I just watched it last week. I thought it was wonderful. It's Paddington with an old British woman. Um, but outside of that, it got the BAFTA nomination for costumes, which has a very strong correlation. It got the Costume Designers Guild nomination. It th- Those two things right there, that is a very, very strong package to get this Oscar, Oscar nomination here. Mm-hmm. Then my number five slot, I Am So torn. I'm torn between two films and those films are Glass Onion which got the Critics Choice nomination and it got a Costume Designers Guild nomination. Same thing can be said for Everything Everywhere All At Once which got both of those. But here's why I lean Glass Onion right now over Everything Everywhere All At Once. The thing with Everything Everywhere All At Once is that it's really charming in how it does stuff but it's not refined. And mm-hmm. we've seen in other categories, in the VFX category, in the makeup category, we've seen these branches react negatively to everything ever all at once and not shortlist them because while it's very charming, while it's very um, it's very indie, it feels very fun, it's different, it's unique, technically it's not that impressive. And I think the same can be said for everything ever all at once in costumes is that it is really fun, but it's just random costumes. It's just random clothes. Jobu Tupaki is, uh, I think, one some of my favorite costume design of the year, but is a mm-hmm. costume designer going to think the same thing? And I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. But uh, And that's why I have Glass Onion over it, because I've seen costume designers raving about the costumes in this film, and it feels more like a nominee. If we're getting one contemporary nominee, it feels like that would be the one. Um so that's why I've got Glass Onion as my number five. But I believe you have a different a different uh number five. Do you have Mrs. Harris first before Yeah, Mrs. Harris was
0: my number three. Um oh, okay cool. It's it's been my number three for a while, even though I didn't really love the film overall. Its costume work is very good. Plus uh, it's a brand favorite no of of Ginny Davis <laughs> who I mean we saw last year of Cruella. If she's here, she's competing regardless of the film's quality or merits. Even I see that as someone who would give Emma Stone the Best Actress Award last year for Cruella. So uh, I think that this movie's very sadly end. I feel like once this movie came out and if people saw it, they should have had it in their top five. The only thing would be like visibility, but we've clearly seen visibility is not an issue with this film, so I would have that firmly at three. Babylon I have at four, and I would say it's a little shaky because while people love Babylon, people who hate it, and some of the people who hate this movie point to the costumes. They say they're historically inaccurate. They're a mess. They don't really fit the tone, the themes. Um, so I do have it as my four, but I could see it missing. Between Glass Onion and everything everywhere, I would lean everything everywhere just because it has a fancy aspect to it, which can help it break mm-hmm. that contemporary mold, because we know this branch is not like contemporary costumes, which I feel like very much hurts Glass Onion, but who knows, maybe Glass Onion overperforms Bigger than Knives Out, it gets more than just screenplay. It could get costumes. Maybe it pops up in production design. Maybe it pops up in some other places. At the moment, I don't see that happening, and I do see a overperformance for everything everywhere. I know I just said, hey, it's not getting in song or score, but costume design is a place where I think the overperformance will help, and it will edge its way in here. But I wouldn't be surprised to throw out just two other movies real quick. I know these don't really have the stats to back them up, but The Fablements... Blonde, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them gets in the five slot and Babylon ends up
1: does missing. I could see Blonde happening, but with the Fablemans at this point, all it has is the name Mark Bridges. Mm-hmm. That's all it has, because at this point, it has missed the, um, it missed Costume Designer's Guilt, it missed BAFTA, it missed the, um, well, it missed the BAFTA long list, it missed Critic's Choice, everywhere Fablemans has missed. Because, yeah, my case for
0: Fablemans is solely for Bridges, just because he has a name, and we've seen in the past that has carried over it. We can bring up Joker. I know Joker was a very definitive one costume, but still mm-hmm. another movie where you wouldn't look at it and be like, okay, yeah, costume design. But it still managed to get its way in. And if Fablemans does play very well to the Academy, I could see this being a coattail-type nomination. Like I said, I'm not predicting it, but if Babylon does miss, Fablemans or Blonde would be the movie who I would just say, would replace mm-hmm. it over Glass Onion.
1: Blonde hasn't gotten a single costume design nomination. It missed the Costume Designers Guild. Do you want to know what made it over Fablemans and Blonde? No. In in the period category, do you want to know what made it? Don't Worry Darling made it oh, over them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in the period category, which is technically the one that usually goes the closest to, they went... Um, they I think they did all of Elvis, Babylon, Mrs. Harris, and then they did Don't Worry Darling and And the Woman King. They did the Woman okay. King. Well so, Woman King
0: makes sense, but like I said before, I see Woman King very much underperforming, so I can't put it in here to keep that narrative. But I would love for that nomination. I think it has very good costumes.
1: Yeah, I would love for it too. I don't see it happening because that's the only nomination it's gotten in costumes. Mm -hmm. But um, it did get baffed long-listed. I just, I don't see it happening. So that's why I'm going to maintain, I'm going to stick to Glass Onion or Everything Everywhere is my number five. I'm going to say Glass Onion still.
0: Cool, cool. That brings us to makeup now.
1: Okay, wait, wait, wait. One last thing. What do you think about my theory of um, costume designers reacting the same way that makeup and VFX did to Everything Everywhere?
0: I think it's totally possible. um, Yeah. But... Let's At go to makeup. Moment, yeah. Like I, yeah, like I said, the the Glass Onion thing being just completely contemporary, while everything ever has yeah. some fantasy aspects, that's where the edge is for me. But I would not be surprised if Glass Onion does show up. But for go. makeup, it's true. It's true. Let's go. This is a category: three locks, Gold Derby, whatever you're doing, however you're predicting, lock these in: Elvis, Whale, Batman. And honestly, two of these could be winning competitive with Elvis and the Whale. Batman in another year maybe could win, but this year Whale and Elvis have best actor contenders, so Batman can't really win. That brings us to our four and five slots, which, to me, this is a shortlist category, so we only have ten films. Mm -hmm. And to me, I kind of could see an angle for every other film getting into one of these last two, maybe outside of Crimes of the Future. Uh, Mm -hmm. Emancipation Emancipation. has a very small, but if you look at the makeup work, it's so so well done. Still, the movie's just, I think, not noticeable enough. You can make the case like, oh, well, Blonde's not like, Amsterdam's not like. People at least saw that. I don't think people saw emancipation so at the moment i have babylon at eight i just don't think this is a category where it gets in because it's going to as we've seen its best picture chances at the beginning of the year people are like oh it's one two three then it dropped to like five six now it's like nine ten eleven and this is a category where it will lose on that path i have wakanda forever missing as well at my number seven then that brings me to blonde amsterdam and all on the western front before today i had blonde and amsterdam in but after the BAFTA performance and me just needing some other categories for All Quiet to get for a Best Picture nomination, this is another category I could see it getting in. I personally think the Amsterdam makeup is something I've been championing all year long. Say what you want about the movie, the makeup works very, very, very impressive. Um, so I think I actually I may switch it right here and I think I'm gonna go Amsterdam and Blonde to do something a little bit different from most people out there. But as I mentioned before, uh, keep up to date with us because this is when I can easily see me switching in another day or two and like, okay, I'll quite
1: back in and then maybe I take out Blonde, maybe I take out Amsterdam but between those three, two of them are getting in Yes, um, I agree I'm glad that you put Amsterdam in because I've got Amsterdam in mine the makeup in that is just absolutely amazing and mm-hmm. always we see one really weird nomination and Amsterdam makes sense for that you can't just put in like the popular ones in every single category, because naturally there's going to be someone that goes rogue, and makeup usually goes rogue. So yes, I believe Amsterdam's in. I think it's in over blonde here, um, because I, I just um. The photorealism
0: though, she looks like Marilyn so often, and I think but that if, will sell.
1: If they're going for one really critically divisive movie. I don't think it's going to be blonde. I think it's going to be Amsterdam. (laughs) Technically, this
0: category has four critically divisive movies. Yeah. Amsterdam and blonde are both in, because then you add in Elvis and the Whale.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like, hated movies. (laughs) Movies that people are like, wow, this is the worst fucking thing I've seen all year.
0: Also, not to tease too much, but blonde is a movie where. I have getting another nomination, and if it gets mm. that, it kind of needs this one as well. So if it misses that other one, this obviously would be would probably yeah. miss as well because I don't think this would be a solo makeup nomination, while Amsterdam could easily be a solo makeup nomination.
1: Yeah, I I can also see Black Panther making it in here. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm tempted. I keep thinking about what I said about All Quiet, which is like. We don't know if they have the same passion for it, and All Quiet didn't make any other like makeup nominations. It's so deserving, but I kind of think I have to I have to say Black Panther is in as well. Well, on Oscar nomination morning, we do have
0: uh three of the five agree, or maybe we four agree. of the five agree, we but agree our three. fifth one is going to be different, yeah. whether it's All Quiet or Blonde for me, while you have Black Panther at your number five slot. Visual effects is a category I feel pretty good about. Uh, I think this is a pretty safe five for five here. I know some people would be like, well, where's your MCU movie? They always get one in. Well, MCU got zero at VES, and even when they don't make the Oscars, they get in there. So to me, that automatically knocks out Doctor Strange and Black Panther from contention. Uh, There's a little chance I could see Jurassic World Dominion sneaking in. However, my top five, Avatar The Way of Water, Top Gun Maverick, The Batman, All Quiet on the Western Front, and 13 Lives. I heard 13 Lives had a great bake-off, that and it All did. Quiet is going to get this additional nomination. I feel like this is the easiest one for it to get just in general outside of the international feature, where at the minimum, I feel like it's getting visual effects and international feature.
1: I don't know about that. I don't have All Quiet in because reading about its, um, its visual effects presentation, it seems like they mostly focused on showing the smoke effects that they used, as well as the tanks. Those were the two takeaways that were there. And smoke effects, that doesn't sound like something that's a VFX nomination. Whereas what I heard was that people started cheering and screaming uh, and yelling when Jurassic World had their presentation, and they showed off some of the miniatures that they used, and the way that they shot an entire sequence, an entire action sequence, without a single one of the principal actors there. that to me that feels like a possible nomination. Of course All the way the back at the start of our channel We started talking about how Jurassic World was not gonna get shortlisted for the V for the uh, VFX Oscar or a nomination But right now I've got this in my top five I've got it in at slot five overall quite on the Western front So I completely agree with you on Avatar, Top Gun, Batman, and 13 Lives all of those apparently had amazing presentations. But then I have Jurassic World at the end. But one thing I'm going to say is these presentations, they can move us in the wrong way. We heard mm-hmm. a couple of years ago about Seoul having one of the most amazing presentations that you could imagine. It just being like a breathtaking presentation. Um, we heard last year about Welcome to Chechnya having a fantastic presentation that prompted a ton of questions from the audience. But ultimately... When we read these reports on the Bake Off, they're always going to be biased to the person who's writing them. So maybe the guy who wrote it was super into 13 Lives, was super into Jurassic World's presentations. That doesn't mean that all voters will, and maybe his perception of the room is colored by that. Um,
0: Looking at Jurassic World, the first one's uh, not Oscar Hall, but just nomination Hall in general, it did pick up two VES nominations, but it did not end up getting the Oscar or the BAFTA. And that movie was pretty well liked This one is not, and I just don't see this one to be the one of the three to get the nomination out there. While on yeah. the other hand, VES did it get goes one of for... the
1: main VES nominations? Though, or did it looking get... at
0: here, it got outstanding uh, created environment for a photoreal feature and outstanding models in a photoreal or animated okay, project.
1: That that doesn't count because if if that counted, then we'd say Black Panther was still safe. What okay. Jurassic World? This one got. It got one of the main because it's there's um the nominations from ves that really matter are uh, outstanding featured visual effects and outstanding supporting visual effects and featured vfx the nominees there were avatar top gun the batman um uh jurassic world and fantastic beasts and where to find them and um then in supporting it was a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter and then 13 lives
0: Yeah. yeah To me, VES always goes four for five, so you have to pick four here. Obviously you have Way of Water, Maverick, Batman, and then you to me it's take your pick. 13 lives, Jurassic World, Fantastic Beast. Fantastic Beast, one got in, two missed. Three. Uh, that would be the least of the ones I would have here. Dominion makes sense, but also just with how much raves the 13 lives ones got and this is a movie that why would it make the shortlist that's what everyone's reaction was and the fact that it made the shortlist shows there is passion for this and that right. passion i think carries over to the oscar and that means our five slot is open that's where maybe an mc movie could get in but no mc movie has ever gotten in without ves so to me that knocks both of them off and that just leaves you with nope versus all quiet nope's a movie that seems destined to be this had an oscar buzz but didn't get anything and it's like yeah. one of those words. how did this not get a single oscar while all quiet, some of that's showing up in other categories. So to me it's an easy slide in for that four slot and then five is I'm kind of at a toss for thirteen lives in Dominion, but I'm only needing more thirteen lives.
1: That you know what, that makes sense. If we're going off of the stats, four out of five would make sense, and I'm currently predicting five out of five, so maybe I should put in all quiet over Jurassic World right here. But Jurassic World just feels right to me right now. Well, we move from a category
0: where you don't have
1: all quiet to one, I'm pretty sure you do, and
0: that is best. Oh, silence. I do.
1: And i've had all quiet for a very long time war movies always get in the sound category it just happens it's like um it's like having a race car in a movie it's gonna get into sound like it's it's just there um so my top three which i think we can agree with it's top gun maverick elvis avatar the way of water then from there i've got all quiet on the western front which i'm sure that at this point we probably both agree with um Mm -hmm. but number five is where it gets a little bit tricky And it could be Babylon. I don't think so, because Babylon needs to underperform, and it can't be Babylon. Uh, It could be the Batman, which is getting a lot of nominations, actually. And Yeah, it's the one that I would presume you have. But if Everything Ever All at Once is number one or two for editing, it needs to be in for sound. And that's why I've got Everything Ever All at Once at my number five slot right here.
0: I I definitely agree with that thinking. I think... I think it's more if you have Everything Everywhere at 1 for editing, it has to be in sound. I don't have that do. 1 for editing, and that's why I don't have it here. So I fully respect and get why you have it and why other people have it. I'm leaning more towards Batman because I think Maverick has editing locked up, and therefore Everything Everywhere doesn't need the sound nomination. But as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. ties can easily switch. That can easily win editing. It can overperform, as I mentioned before. And this is a category where it's on the bubble, 5, 6. And if it overperforms, yeah. it's in. If it underperforms, it's out. Uh, Batman, to me, as you mentioned, has gotten everything, but at the same time, that would be the one to seem to miss because Elvis is the best picture movie, Way of Water seems like it's the best picture movie, and All Quiet also is the war movie, it's the racing movie. You can make the case, hey, Mavericks are racing movie of the year, but they've taken two racing or two war movies in a single year, that doesn't stop them. So to me, everything everywhere, Batman's your five slot, if you have everything everywhere winning editing, you have it in. If you don't, maybe you take Batman.
1: Yep, yeah, and that's, that's where we're at, right, so... We're just gonna see right here, and you know, with with uh how this is gonna go, if everything ever doesn't get into sound, I can't predict it to win editing anymore. So, well, I'm, I'm just gonna hope and pray that we can uh, yeah. we can see it in here. But well, let's exactly take it off to I'm the doing. next category because uh, we got cinematography, and I know that you're hoping and praying for something that seems like it's coming true.
0: Well, you, what you just said—hoping and pr- predicting and praying—that's exactly what I'm doing with cinematography because. This is a category I have no clue what to do because ASC really threw us for a loop because ASC has a long history of going four out of five. You need to go a pretty far ways back to get a three out of five here. And ASC nominated Maverick, Elvis, Batman, Empire of Light, and Bardo. So if you take at the minimum three out of five, that's Maverick, Elvis, and Batman because they also showed up at the British Cinematographer Society. You know what else also showed up there? Empire of Light.
1: So to me... That's oh, our no. four out of five. Empire of Light did not show up at the British uh, one. It showed up at oh, BAFTA, but, but not BSC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then scratch that. Yeah. I got my
0: two British awards confused looking here at my little notes. That's, um, no, that's all good, dude. <laughs> so, Maverick, Elvis, Batman, I think you're a three. Yeah. Four. I, I still put Empire of Light just because it still got the BAFTA. Roger Deakins has shown before. He can get in for movies that get nothing else. And uh pains me because I think this is one of his <laughs> worst looking movies in a long time. But that's neither here nor there. Our five slot though, uh, there's two movies I would really like here. One would be a big stat breaker. The other one hasn't really gotten anything so far, or I guess technically they both haven't really gotten anything. Just one has ASC and one doesn't. So I'm going to go with the one that doesn't have ASC because ASC doesn't make sense to go five out of five. So I'm going The Way of Water at my five slot. Bardo is at my six though. And then I have
1: All Quiet, Fablements, and Banshees as all possible upsets getting in. So I'm gonna eat my fucking words from, like, two days ago when I mm-hmm. said that there's no goddamn way that ASC goes four out of five, as they always do. They always go four out of five. Because um, I said that a few... I was like, oh, ASC is going two for five. They're only getting Top Gun and Elvis. Well, here we are. BAFTA nominations are announced, and they went four for five with BAFTA. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, so, I have to agree. I'm going Top Gun, Elvis, Batman, Empire of Light. I'm going four for five with ASC. But where we differ is that last one. You have Avatar. I'm going to say that I have the Fablemans. And the reason I have the Fablemans right here is it's because of Janusz Kaminski. He gets in mm-hmm. for everything. He is a legacy cinematographer that gets in all over the place. I think that the reason why we're seeing Avatar miss here is because of the high frame rate, if I'm being honest. I think that's why... Uh, Because they're pushing that new technology so hard, and it's not really landing with people. I could also see an angle for All Quiet, but here's one that I think that you are overlooking a bit too much. Tar. Tar got in at the BSC. Uh, Tar got in... Was it in the Critics' Choice for cinematography? I think for Tar to get in, ASC has to go
0: 3 out of 5. Empire Light has to miss for Tar to get in. Now, that happens, Sure. I'm at the moment saying it's 4 out of 5 for ASC, and then everything else I have kind of listed that I said are my 5 slots that the ASC didn't pick, or somehow they go
1: 5 out of 5. No, granted, I don't have Tar in my 5 either, but Tar is very close, and if we see, like, a weird upset, it could be Tar right here. Mm -hmm. But I go 4 out of 5 with you, and I just swap out Avatar for the Fablemans
0: i definitely could see that i'm just holding on for dear life with the way of water i i would say maybe it's the high frame rate i also think that the issue is people just think the whole movie's animated they don't think that they actually shot on location or on well, set well the first one like
1: won the first one won cinematography and I think,
0: so like and i think what it is is people like in retrospect being like well was that an actual cinematography movie i would say yes because you're still shooting but others would be like no it's all anime because I've seen some pundits and stuff like they make their end of the year list and they jokingly put oh my favorite anime movie of the year is The Way of Water like no it's not an anime movie they still shot one sets and they shot on stuff maybe the majority of it is VFX but they still shot one like a boat and they still shot one this thing or that thing just some of the stuff is not actually yeah. there but to me I would put it in, and I'm still going to hold it. That will probably be one, like I mentioned before, with the Lee where I'm just predicting it and it's not going to happen. I may die on that ship.
1: Yeah. But to that logic, does that mean that Rango is not an animated movie because they shot it on sets with real actors? You know, that's
0: a question for all those people out there who say that Avatar is a exactly. animated movie. But uh, yeah, Rango. Uh, that's... <laughs> the before AFC I would have said Banshees could have got in for cinematography but uh without ASC, I don't really see it getting in because like I said before ASC is going four out of five and if they don't go Avatar then I feel like it's all quiet and if they don't go all quiet then it's Fablements, and Banshees yeah. would be like fourth down that list
1: yeah with Banshees there I, I just don't see Banshees happening if Banshees couldn't get a cinematography nomination at BAFTA I don't mm-hmm. think it's happening
0: yeah that, that's how I thought as well but You mentioned before, you have Everything Everywhere All At Once winning
1: editing, so let's hear the rest of your lineup. Okay, so at number one and two, got the undeniables, Everything Everywhere, Top Gun Maverick. Of course, the stat is that Top Gun should be number one because it's winning sound, but I've got Everything Everywhere All At Once at number one because it's so goddamn bombastic. It's so in your face. How do you watch this movie and not go, oh, yes, this is the best editing of the year? How do you not? Uh, But then at number three, I'm sure we both agree that Elvis is right here. Uh, mm-hmm. And after that, I have some toss-ups that I'm I'm just not exactly sure what to do with. So, number four, I've got the Banshees of Anishirin. And I think that this is going to be either the Banshees of Anishirin or the Fablements, but it cannot be both. I so, agree. I've got those two right there. Then, I'm really torn about this final spot right here. Um, I could see it being Babylon. Babylon is very big. It's very loud. It has a lot of edits going on, but Babylon is not doing too well. It could be Avatar The Way of Water, which has sound on its side. It has the action element of it. It's a big blockbuster that they really could go for if they want to champion that type of filmmaking. It could be it could be Tar. Tar is very slow. Uh, It's very. It uses its editing very carefully, very methodically. It could uh, appeal to some of the artsier people in this branch. But I think my pick right now is going to have to be All Quiet on the Western Front. The war movie, uh, the one that is really, really peaking at the moment. Um, But yeah, I think I'm going to be battling in my head between these two for a very long time, between Tar and All Quiet, and I don't necessarily know which one it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I have the same top three. And then my fourth slot is either Banshees or Fablements. I am leaning Banshees at the moment, just because I feel like that film maybe needs it more than Fablements does. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then the five slot, I'm between Way of Water and All Quiet. I'm leaning Way of Water, but as you mentioned, All Quiet is peaking. And it's a war movie, and war movies sometimes do well. Tara, I could see slip in. And honestly, I could see a world where Tara gets in and Fablements and Banshees both miss. Yeah, I think I that's that. more Absolutely. likely than Tara taking the avatar-slash-all-quiet spot. Um, Babylon, to me, is dead uh, once Elvis became a thing that killed Babylon in this category. They're the same type of editing, just Elvis, I say what you want. I think Elvis does it better. Elvis does the bombastic, the boldness, the rackness in your face way better than Babylon does. I Even as someone who loves Babylon, the editing is the worst part of that movie.
1: Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. So, you know what? I'm... <laughs> I think I'm going to lock Tar in as my fifth spot because I'm thinking now, I'm like, okay, All Quiet. When was, I I said the war film thing, but when was the last war movie that got nominated in editing? It was Hacksaw Ridge, which, God, now I'm just going back and forth because I'm like, okay, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge really did get in editing, but Hacksaw Ridge was much more, it was a Hollywood film. I don't know if All quiet's Mm going to have visibility to make it here. Yeah, Um, that's why I have it out of the moment for Avatar. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about this more. I don't know what I'm going with. I, it'll probably be, I'll just make a decision. I'll have it. It's going to be in the center of the two of us right now. uh, But I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, It's either tar or all quiet for me. So let's start with international feature. Uh, This one is the big question mark, I think. I mean, we just saw it, the Critics' Choice Award. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front could not win over RRR. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say All Quiet on the Western Front is the front runner here because it's going to win BAFTA. It is nominated for Best Film at BAFTA. It's nominated for everything at fucking BAFTA. Everything at BAFTA. So All Quiet on the Western Front, that's our front runner right here. After that, I've got Decision to Leave. Then I've got Close. And I think we can agree on those three, right?
0: yes i think i still have close at two over decision to leave but easily i think they're interchangeable
1: well close close did miss bafta today Mm -hmm. um so it's uh it's not necessarily one that needs to win or anything or needs to be in winning conversation anymore but here's where we're gonna differ um i'm gonna say right now neither of us have argentina 1985 in which won the Golden Globe, was nominated for the Critics' Choice, was nominated for the BAFTA, it feels like a hero. I don't think it's getting in. I really just get- I have this feeling in my stomach that Argentina 1985 is going to be the big surprise snub of uh, of the day. And I just- mm, I don't see it. So- My number four spot, I've got The Quiet Girl from Ireland, which just got the BAFTA nomination. It looks very strong. It has some of the best reviews of the year. And then at number five, I've got Joyland from Pakistan, which has that sort of wave of controversy behind it, which is a very American sensibility of a film uh, and talks about some things that I think a lot of voters are going to really want to be talking about. So that is my top five. I know you don't have my four and five there, Quiet Girl or Joyland. So what do you got instead?
0: Joyland's a smart pick. I'm, everyone out there, don't listen to me in this category. I'm just being <laughs> uh, stubborn. I have EO and I have Bardo. Uh, these are two movies I want and These are two movies that I feel like, or well, Bardo more so than EO, will resonate with the Academy more than other branches. Um, I have Bardo at four, I have EO at five, but Joyland honestly probably should be my number four. And then I think it's between Bardo and and EO in Argentina for that last slot. Um, Barter's just a movie that feels so much like an Oscar pick. They love AGI, and I feel like it would be weird to just not put him in for his most personal movie yet. Like, I get the movie hasn't been the critic's favorite, but it's a technically well-made movie, and I feel like that could be good enough just to slide in. On the other hand, Joyland, as you mentioned, has the controversy. Uh, Quiet Girl has the reviews. To me, Quiet Girl seems more like a European-UK type thing. Will that translate? Possibly. I'm leaning on the no side. Argentina has the stats to back it up, but also, as Matt said, it's same distributor, Amazon, and A Hero missed just last year. Kind of feels like the same thing. EO has the critics love, but also is just a different type of movie. And another one I feel like probably should be our five slot in most any year, but this year's just so weird, is Corsage. Like last year, I think Corsage is in, and honestly, Corsage was probably number three if it came out last year. Um, Maybe number four after Fleet, but this you year, saw it this week, not, though, right? I did. I didn't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, but it's it's uh, it's a movie, and it has a very good Vicky Krieps performance. Which, in another year, maybe this could be a bigger player. Just this year, international's deep. I wouldn't say international strong. Like it doesn't have as many like big juggernauts, but it's very deep. Like I think you could say twelve movies that all realistically could get into this category, and some people may look at you funny, but some would be like, okay, I see your angle, and that's kind of how i feel. i think there's a very solid top 3 and then after that it's i think if you ask 10 people they'll all give you 10 different answers.
1: yeah. but that said, close could miss. that's another thing. close absolutely is not safe. the only films that i think are safe are all quiet and decision to leave. those are the only two that i think are actually safe. i would and say if it's just anyone all quiet. says anything differently it's a fool fool if anyone thinks no no you you're fine saying that decision to leave is not safe if anyone says argentina 1985 is safe that's what i'm Ah, saying that's a fool that's a fool right there you're fine you're you're being less um less like lock heavy than i am because i'm saying there's two locks you're saying there's one so Mm -hmm. maybe i'm the fool but uh ultimately i i think we're both not foolish on this one uh, it's it's the people who think Argentina 1985 is a lock. It could still get in, but it's not a lock. It's not at yeah, all I'll, a goddamn lock.
0: I would say to everyone out there, just go with your gut on this category. Pundits Absolutely. will say Argentina, they'll say EO, they'll say Joyland, they'll say Bardo, Corsage. Everyone just going with their personal pick for that five slot and what they kind of more want to see. And I will just yeah. say, for you out there, do what you want. Because honestly, this is a category that could make or break your gold derby, but... You can pick up points in other categories as well, and this is a category where I think most people are going to be 3 or yeah. 4 out of 5. I don't think many people are going oh, to be yeah. 5 out of 5. No,
1: aim for 3 out of 5 in international feature, because if you aim for 3 out of 5, and you don't go for the 5 expected ones, you might get something that's... Like Joyland has 100 to 1 odds. It's got 100 mm-hmm. to 1 odds on, um, on Gold Derby at the moment, and to me, that's a great thing that's like... That looks like something that might be a surprise, even though it shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, But if you go with the predicted top five, you will end up getting screwed over in some way. And that's how I feel going over to Best Animated
0: Feature, because there is a predicted top five. And to be honest, I think there's two safe movies here. I know some people will be like, oh, there's a top four. There is a top four. But three and four, I think, could miss. Uh, I'm not predicting a miss, but I wouldn't be shocked if on Tuesday morning, Marcel and Tony Red don't show up. Uh, I would be surprised if they both don't show up, but I would to be shocked if one of them somehow misses. But Pinocchio, lock. Puss in Boots, lock. I had Marcel at three, Turning Red at four, and at the five slot, I think it's between Window and Wild and Bad Guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Bad Guys is campaigning harder. Window and Wild is the more name recognition. It's stop motion. It's Netflix. It's the, it's the bigger movie, not financially, but probably visibility for Academy members. And I'm leaning Window and Wild, but as mentioned before, this is a category I'm very up in the air about, and on Monday morning, I could switch to The Bad Guys because I've heard The Bad Guys were the first anime movie to send out screeners. Uh, they sent out like 4K Blu-rays and stuff so people could watch it in like, the best format they could at home. And it's been out since, I think, March is when it had its theatrical release, maybe April. So it's the oldest movie here, and it's probably the one everyone saw first. So if a voters out there not really putting much effort in an anime feature, they're like, okay, well, I saw Bad Guys, Pinocchio's Guillermo del Toro, I just saw posted boots. There's three, and then now it's filled out with two more.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we could see something really interesting in this category, with the fifth slot being something completely out of left field, just due to vote splitting. Mm-hmm. And that's why I agree with the top four. I don't think that Turning Red is vulnerable in the slightest. I think that is incredibly safe. Marcel the Shell still feels vulnerable, even though it's gotten every single nomination. It just still feels to me like the type of film where some members of the Academy are going to be stuck up little bitches about it and be like, it is not animated. And um, that worries me, even though it's gotten in everywhere. But it's, I think it's in. I think we can say that top four is happening. But number five, it's the interesting thing. Wendell and Wilde didn't get an Annie nomination. Bad Guys didn't get an Annie nomination. Minions didn't get an Annie nomination. My Father's Dragon, I think it did get, it got an indie Annie nomination, so that's possible. Did you mm-hmm. know that Lightyear is the first Pixar movie ever to miss an Annie nomination? Well, if you're a long-time listener to the show, we told you so. We 100% did. But I think everyone kind of expected it to flop. Um, yeah, Strange World also didn't get an Annie nomination. And so now I'm kind of tempted. I mean, I, I have Wendell and Wild Wilde at number five, but I'm really tempted to predict something left field and to go with Little Nicholas, which I've been it's hoping like for one all odds. year. 100 to 1 odds. It got in at the, uh, at the Annie noms. It got in there, which is great for it. And it shows that some people watched it. Inuo also got in there. Um, and you know what else got in Annie nomination over Wendell wild over the bad guys over minions over the Disney movies, the sea beast from Netflix. So yeah. maybe that's number five. I don't know. Yeah. Like I just said for international animation
0: as well, go with your gut for five if you want to be risky and possibly jump people on the leaderboards, go with a Little Nicholas. Go with a Seabeast. Get those high odds. If you want to play it more safer because you're taking a risk in categories you maybe feel more passionate or more strongly about, go safer. Go Bad Guys. Go wild and Wild. Go My Father's Dragon. Take those pretty safe type odds at number 5 because then you, like, if I like for example, if you went Joyland in Joyland and International for slot 5, maybe go wild and Wild here for Animation 5. While if yeah. you went maybe like Argentina and international for five maybe a little Nicholas or something here so you can kind of balance those odds out
1: yeah yeah it's all about it's all about mitigating risk I guess (laughs) um yeah I don't know man it's it's such a tricky one because like none of these (laughs) none of these animation lineups have told us anything about what slot five is going to be
0: exactly everyone's
1: different or some places like that just say here's your top four nothing else exactly and it's so frustrating because we just want someone to give us some clarity about what this final slot is and no one's giving it to us
0: well clarity that's something documentaries usually provide about a subject or a topic and yeah, unless they're a list... daydream <laughs> yes unless you're moonage daydream but looking at your list we have the same five the same order but i'll let you take it away
1: yeah so i'll talk about uh, about this right here so uh Let me actually just go from some of the ones that I don't have in at the moment. I don't have the territory in. That feels pretty good at this point. Um, I've said in the past, like, it's a very good documentary. It just doesn't feel like something America's ready for. And it missed BAFTA. It missed some of the other important places. Then there's Moon Age Daydream. This made the sound shortlist. This got the BAFTA nomination. It's very highly predicted on Gold Derby. The reason I don't think it's getting in is just like we've been saying. It doesn't feel like a documentary. It feels more like an audiovisual experience. Um, and then, number six, there's Descendant. Descendant, this is Barack Obama making this film. Uh, well, he didn't make the film. He produced it. But still, the the, the thing is, is still there. It's got visibility from Obama. And that's why it could totally get in. It would be an expected member of this top five. But... I don't see expected being the way that we go. So here's my top five in no particular order. All That Breathes. It got BAFTA. That's big for it. It has been winning international documentary awards. It's been winning all over the goddamn place. It is win competitive. Uh, Then of course there is Navalny. Navalny also win competitive. You saw it yesterday. What did you think? I liked it a lot and I think as we've mentioned before if it's in it wins. Yep, if it's in, it wins, and it's in. It's like, goddamn, what a scene. You know the scene I'm talking about. What a goddamn scene. scene. Holy shit, that is such a scene. Then there are the two ones that people are thinking this could be the big documentary snub of the year. That's Fire of Love, that's All the Beauty, and the Bloodshed. It's very possible one of those two misses out, but I don't know which one, so I'm not going to try and predict it. Because Mm -hmm. one of them will get in, and probably one of them will be left out. Or maybe both of them are in. Um, So, Fire of Love for me, this just feels really strong. All the beauty, yes, I can see it's going to appeal much more to the critics than it is to really anyone else, but I'm going to stick with both of them. And finally, my last slot here, Bad Axe. Bad Axe feels like the type of film that is going to appeal a lot to certain members of the documentary branch. It's incredibly indie in a way that these other films aren't. These other films feel like they're very big, well-funded documentary endeavors. Bad Axe is charming. It's little. It has that home video feel, which is part of why I'm not a huge fan of it. But at the same time, it's endearing, and it's going to really cater to some documentary branch members.
0: Yeah, the first thing I would say to anyone out there, uh, if you're predicting Fire, Love, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, and Moon Age Daydream to get in, you're predicting three archival footage docs to make it in, when they very rarely even put one in. So I think at the minimum, you have to take at least one out. Uh, Matt and I are both taking out Moon Age Daydream because it's completely all archival footage with no... I guess you can say real interviews because it's all previously done interviews for the most part yeah. uh, Fire Love while it is all past footage there is a new voiceover guiding yeah. the story and all the beauty is about half archival and half current um, I have mm-hmm. the same five I think that Navalny's definitely in I don't know how you watch that and don't put it in because it doesn't have anything majorly going against it unless you want to say like oh it's controversial but that doesn't stop this yeah. uh, branch they it doesn't it don't care all. All yep. That Breeze and is the most safe movie here. It's it's 100% mm-hmm. in. I know you can't say that with this category, but on, All That Breeze is in. All That Breeze, <laughs> all the is,
1: the breeze is in. All That in. Yeah, something I want to say about Moon Age Daydream as well. The reason why people are predicting this so highly is because it's in Sound's shortlist. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why people are like, this is getting in. This is getting in. It's because they saw that it was mentioned by the Sound branch and they went, oh my God, that means that the documentary branch will like it. Well, what happened with Welcome to Chechnya last year? VFX yeah. nominate, not nomination, VFX shortlist. Of course it's going to get in documentary because it got shortlisted by the VFX branch. Ultimately, zero nominations. Same thing is going to happen with Moon Age Daydream. It does not matter that the sound branch shortlisted it. It's not going to get in. Yeah.
0: And I would say if you're going to be bold and say Fire Love or All the Beauty and not just play 50-50 and you're going to take one of them out, Descendant makes the most sense to be your replacement nomination, but I also would bring light to the Janes. It's While it's maybe not the most well-liked doc, it's about a very relevant and important topic, which easily can slide its way in here, be the fifth slot. It could replace Bad Axe if they feel like Matt where the home video style isn't really up their alley. I know a lot of people really love this documentary. It may be one that has maybe the most passion for it, like loving it, but the rest of the movies here, or documentaries here, all have the more like, well-grounded consensus, while Bad Axe is more like an up-and-down type movie to most people. But Navalny of it's in, I think it's winning. All That Breeze feels like the most safer nomination. And then Fire Love, All the Beauty, Bad Axe, I agree they're probably in, but Descendant or James could possibly play spoiler of one or two of those misses.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, I think that the most likely scenario is that one of Fire of Love or All the Beauty misses, and I think Descendant could make it in over one of those.
0: I agree. I agree. And I would say if Bad Axe messes an addition, that's when Janes comes in. I don't think Janes replaces Fire Love for All the Beauty. No. I think Descendant does, but Janes would replace Bad Axe.
1: Yeah, or this Novalini. category is just a shit show. We don't really know what's going on here, but what that we're aiming fun. for is 4 out of 5. We're aiming for exactly. 4 out of 5. That's all we want. Exactly. And for 4 out of 5, you put all that
0: Breeze at your number 1 slot, you put Navalny, you put no. both Fire Love and All the Beauty, because you at least get one of them. And then at fifth slot, you can pick between Descendant, Bad Axe, territory jane's i'd probably say move jane's above territory but in that order
1: yeah and this would be the point because since we're doing specialized categories this would be the point where we talk about the shorts but we already did that go check our last few episodes we talked about all of the shorts categories gave our predictions i've seen all the films so i can tell you what not i can't tell you what's in and what's not but i can tell you what's definitely not in and what gold derby is full of shit about like save ralph don't predict save ralph But go back, listen to those, and uh, yeah, I hope that you can do well on your shorts predictions because of that. My shorts predictions have not changed since then, so go and listen to those.
0: Best Supporting Actor. Wow. What a category here. Because all year long, we're like, what can happen? There's so many different angles, and to me, I feel very confident about four here. Mm -hmm. Key Kwan, Everything All At Once, both Banshee Boys of Gleason and Keogan. And yep. then Dano, I think those are a pretty safe four. Dano could miss, yep. but recently he's gotten in where he needs to be. I feel good about that. The five slot, though, here's where stuff gets a little shaky. If you're someone out there predicting Babylon for picture, you have to have Brad Pitt in. Babylon does not make picture about Brad Pitt. Yeah. If you're not predicting Babylon for picture, you should not put Brad Pitt in. Who do you put in? <laughs> I would say Eddie <laughs> Redmayne. Uh, he got the up. He has SAG. He has Golden Globe. He's got stuff. He's not Jared Leto. He is not Ben Affleck. He has more than them. So to me, if Babylon's on picture, you put in Eddie Redmayne. You can make the case for Hirsch. I don't see double, double nominations in this category. Uh, Women Talking is not getting an acting performance in. Ben Whishaw, if he couldn't get BAFTA, he's not getting in here. And then uh, Causeway is not going to be a just supporting actor, nothing type movie. And Tom Hanks, if he was going to get something, he should have shown up at SAG. And he didn't show up at SAG. So to me, That five slot, it's either Pitt, it's Redmayne. If you have Babylon in picture, like myself, you have
1: Pitt. If you don't have Babylon in picture, you have Redmayne. I don't have Babylon in picture, but I do have Pitt. And I've got the same top five as you. But yeah, I don't have Babylon in picture. I think Pitt is still strong. Eddie Redmayne, he feels like Jared Leto in The Little Things. He feels like Ben Affleck in The Tender Bar right like he did get back to he did get back to, I mean, maybe he happens maybe he happens but it just doesn't feel right to me at the moment uh, maybe i'll change it eventually but i'm just gonna stick with brad pitt yeah i
0: i just struggle to see how pitt can get in without the movie and picture because as we've gone through with the tech categories we don't really have babylon for a lot down there and i don't know how if I mean, I guess guess Pitt could squeak in without it, but still, it just feels weird that Pitt gets in without the picture getting in as well when the picture is so up in the air at the 10th slot. However, uh, I don't think there's really much else to say here. Uh, You could be bold and go out there and say, Tom Hanks, Elvis Overperformance. You could be bold and say, hey, they're going to move someone random into supporting, or they're just going to pluck someone completely random from a movie they really love. Who would that be? I couldn't really give you a name. My heart would say... Though Gabriel LaBelle here, even though he's clearly the lead of the movie. <laughs> uh, give him a nomination because they won't nominate him in lead because they don't put kids in lead. But uh, I would love that. I'm not going to predict it, though. But uh, more power to you if you do.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, I think if Pitt misses, it's got to be Redmayne. It's mm-hmm. got to be Redmayne at this point. It's one of those two. I, uh, uh, this category is a nightmare to me. It's such a nightmare. I don't know what to – like, it's such a funny category because it's so clear cut for the top like three, even maybe four, but then afterwards it's just like, what, what's happening? It's, this is one s- where it's never the same and like anywhere.
0: I would say four, because I think regardless of who it is, four is a Fableman. Is it Dano or is it Hirsch? Yeah. It's one of them. And then five is, I guess, Pitt, Redmayne. I don't think there's anyone else. Cause even if like my crazy scenario, if they throw LaBelle in supporting, he just replaces Dano. And then still yeah. it's going to be Pitt or Redmayne. Uh, yeah, but what uh, if
1: Dano is uh, is Katrina Balf from last year he could he could I, I I, was predicting
0: that all the way until SAG and then SAG yeah. was like that would be where Hirsch I guess would show up I know Dench didn't show up at SAG but uh, Hirsch kind of needed SAG and Hirsch isn't like Judy Dench you say Judd Hirsch you don't think oh Dame Judy Dench that type of yeah. level of like recognition I don't know enough of supporting actor over to you supporting actress okay
1: I think we can agree on the top three maybe the top four Top four. So Angela Bassett is number one. It's just what it is. She won Golden Globe, Critics' Choice. She's going to win SAG. She's nominated for BAFTA, even though they did not nominate Black Panther in a single other place. So <laughs> she is winning. <laughs> she is winning. That's just how it goes. Number two, we've got Carrie Condon, Banshees Vinishirin. That is, uh, Carrie Condon's going to be the person who seems like a front-runner all year long and is not in the end. That, uh, it's- it's reminiscent of Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, who was the front-runner until she just wasn't anymore. Then at number three, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. She's guaranteed at this point, and good for her. She's been campaigning her goddamn ass off. Good for her. Good for her. Then at number four, Hong Chao, The Whale. She got the BAFTA nomination this morning. She got SAG, that's big, that's big. She had such a resurgence. So Hong Chao, the whale, and plus if we're saying that the whale is doing really well in picture right now and it's surging right at the right moment, then Hong Chao is right goddamn there. Mm -hmm. Number five, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Stephanie Su is my current pick, everything of her all at once. But when was the last time we saw double double nominations? A long time, if ever. It, like, when When was the last time? But they did it at SAG. They did do it at SAG. It makes sense. And who else is really strong in this category right now? Some people would say Dolly DeLeon. I would say Bullshit. Bullshit. Of course she made it in BAFTA. That's just a BAFTA thing to do. Yeah,
0: but I she's agree.
1: probably one of the saves from BAFTA. She wasn't top three. So, like, that says nothing. She made Golden Globes. Yeah, so what? She didn't make SAG. She didn't make SAG. So what? Um, so I say Dolly De Leon, bullshit. Janelle Monet She's she flopping all over the place. Flopping all over the place. They are just not making it, unfortunately. It's just something that is not happening. We could see a possibility of something like Marina de Tavira. Uh, having a coattail nomination of someone who at the beginning of the season was being predicted, like Marina De Tavira. She was not a name that no one had ever uttered in the awards race before. She just hadn't gotten any nominations. And that, mm-hmm. to me, feels like Nina Haas in Tar. Uh, Nina Haas in Tar would be someone who would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, even though she hasn't gotten any other nominations. But the last possibility that we have to consider here my number six slot, my alternate that I'm going to give instead of Stephanie Sue, if Stephanie Sue is to miss, my alternate would be Michelle Williams and the Fablemans. There's yeah. no point in predicting it. But it could happen. we I think the reason why we're going back to this right now is because we're all trying to figure out why the hell she missed out on SAG. We're all like, was it because of vote splitting? And we've heard reports that there's a lot of voters who are putting her in supporting, and we know the Academy is not afraid to do that. They're not afraid to nominate someone where they think they deserve to be.
0: See, I don't think she missed SAG due to vote splitting. She missed SAG because SAG loves Viola Davis. That's one slot. Yo and Blanchett are locks. Deadweiler is such an actor's performance. And I've been saying it all year. Actors love Ana de Armas. There's your five. Michelle Williams, people who watch that movie, some say they love her. Others say she's very much overacting. And if you're an actor and you see someone very much put trying effort into overacting you may not like it so to me that's why she missed there I think the same reason why maybe Margot Robbie missed even though I really like Margot Robbie in Babylon Um, I here for supporting actress though I agree with her top four I'm really interested to know who were the three populist choices from BAFTA because obviously they'll never tell us but I think that would say a lot because
1: Bassett, Condon, Curtis
0: see I could see a, a world where Condon wasn't a top three and it could have been Chow. Mm,
1: yeah. Because... I could see that too. And
0: <laughs> this is also kind of crazy. I feel like predicting this. I'm not going to predict it. But Carrie Mulligan and She Said, she got the BAFTA today. She seems like someone who could be a top three. If someone loves that She Said as BAFTA Day, given it a screenplay and supporting actress. Um That is someone who could be a top three vote in a category that is as fluid and as all over the place as this. Because Sue makes sense, but also double double nominations doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. De Leon makes sense if you're predicting triangle for picture if you don't have triangle and picture you cannot put her here so if you have triangle and picture triangle and screenplay sure this can come along as well Haas is someone who I like you said could be that Marina de Treveo for Roma but I'm not going to predict that because that's just so random so out there uh and I feel like Tar would need to be a little bit bigger of a player but i mean if targets <laughs> yeah. gets in editing if targets gets in cinematography if it gets those two additional nominations sure this could coattail along it can't get sound i was going to say sound but it can't get sound and thankfully it can't get score either so and Monet seems dead so to me i guess your five slots are between sue williams de leon and mulligan and yeah. i don't believe in a double double nomination i'm not going to predict michelle williams getting in here and i don't have triangle and picture so by default i have carrie
1: mulligan do i feel good about it i don't but i do okay okay well we'll have to see i i could see the big surprise the morning being michelle williams is in this category i could 100 totally see it happen i i think she's probably more likely than mulligan but i'm not gonna predict that yeah i i'm going with my heart and putting stephanie sue here though so let's i'm just gonna stick with my heart But you've already talked a little bit about actress, so let's dive in a little bit deeper. But before we go into your top five here, walk us through, why has Andrea been rising? Because Andrea Riseborough is, yeah. what the hell is going on, man? I can't believe I have her over Margot Robbie
0: in Babylon in my prediction. She's at number seven right now. Robbie's at eight. Um, To Honestly, I don't believe this is happening at all. But I don't, I don't, I can't see a world where Margaret Robbie gets in. Even if, I mean, I guess if Michelle Williams is supporting and Viola Davis misses, sure. But at that point, Williams wouldn't be in supporting. She would still be lead. Um, She's rising because her PR agent or whoever is doing a really good job of sending out these mass emails and texts like, Hey, post this copy poster for me and it will do wonders. I wonder what they're paying them. I wonder if it's just like, hey, it's an IOU, we'll we'll help you out somewhere down the line. But it's getting notoriety, but I think it's too little too late. Voting already started when they started that. They need to start like a week earlier, and then maybe it could have happened. But the fact that they sent that while voting was going on, I'm sure a lot of Oscar voters like myself, if I had the ability to vote, would vote the very first possible minute, the very first possible hour. They would want to get their ballot in immediately. And I think it was too little, too late. Uh, other people who I just don't see a world, but let's mention them just to have fun. Uh, Naimaki and Olivia Coleman. They're not getting in, but no, they're outside looking in. So to me, it's a top six. And yo, Blanchett, I think are 100% in. Deadweiler feels pretty good to me. Yes, I could see the angle. People just don't watch Till. They don't want to watch this because it's too much. But at that point... Same argument. People who do watch really appreciate. I know. I know you're not one of them, but I know a lot of people who watch till no, love. Deadweiler. Weiler SAG put her in, and the fact that SAG put her in is enough for me here. Uh, Anna Diarmas is someone who all season long. i like, I understand why people aren't predicting it, but she makes so much sense, and we've seen that does recently. She? she got Globe. She why got does Sag. she make sense, man? Actors love her. She's playing a real life person, and she is that movie, and. Yeah, but that movie is shit. So... <laughs> I-, I said this when the movie came out. A lot of people will say that, but I'm sure there's almost as many people who are on the other side, they just don't want to talk about it because they know they will get ripped to shreds if they say anything positive about that movie. Yeah, and is Blonde so...
1: the MAGA cap of cinema, where no one wants to, like, no one is going to admit it, but somehow 50% of people fucking voted for it? Hey, Jesus, Colin Christ. Farrell supported it, and if
0: Colin Farrell supports it, I'm sure many others do. So that brings us to the five slot, and to me, I still have Michelle Williams here. If she isn't supporting, I guess my whole "Woman King" underperformance goes out the window because Viola Davis would slide in. But I'm not going to predict Williams to move to supporting, and I still think "Fablemans" is a top four, top five best picture candidate, and I think that's good enough to get Michelle Williams in here. She's playing Steven Spielberg's mom. She's getting nominated. It's just is she here or is she supporting, and I don't have any proof or anything like that to say. Supporting Because I feel like even if there was, like, talks of her moving supporting, we would hear something about it. Like, there would be, like, a Clayton Davis or an IndieWire article say like, hey, I talked to this Oscar voter who says Williams is going to be supporting, but it would be a little bit more wider traction. Like, I know there's small stuff like that, but it would be, like, oh, we've heard X amount of people or there's random people online saying this, that, like, the, like, the hidden voters that still tweet out stuff at, that, like, go by alternative names or stuff like that.
1: yeah. Well, that's what um, Clayton Davis was saying is that he's spoken to a lot of voters who said that they were doing Michelle Williams either not at all or in supporting. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me. But ultimately, I'm starting to get the feeling that Michelle Williams is going to miss here and Anna Diarmis will be in. But I don't want to predict that because I've got Michelle Williams for 100 to 1 odds on Gold Derby. So I'm not going to drop Michelle Williams here. But I am going to, out of stubborn defiance, say that Anna Diarmis is Lady Gaga in House of Gucci, because Blonde similarly is a piece of shit. And uh Anna Diarmis is not good in this movie and I don't understand the buzz around it. I can't in good conscience I can't I can't predict her because I, I think she's awful. I think she's so bad in this movie. Um and I like Anna Diarmis, I really do. I just think that this whole movie was just so misguided. Uh whatever. I'm getting the bad feeling in my stomach that it's going to be Ana Diarmis and Viola Davis in the end, but currently, I'm keeping it Viola Davis-Michelle Williams.
0: Theoretically, uh, Michelle Williams is available on Gold Derby for 101 odds and supporting, so you could just take her and have her in both, and you'll get one right. You're maybe. One. Or neither. <laughs> maybe not. Or neither. or neither, Because it's possible she just
1: completely gets left out.
0: And if she completely gets left out, anyone who's still saying, Fableman has a shot to one picture, you're 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 good. You're done. You're out of here. Yeah. No, uh,
1: that's that's the thing. At this point, we'll talk about picture soon, but at this point, like how 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 is Fableman's winning picture at this point? Yeah. It's gonna miss everything. So let's move on to actor, the category that's giving us all a migraine, uh, and that's not because of the top four in here because it's so the top four is so easy, so easy. Brendan Fraser. Colin Farrell, Austin Butler, Bill nye We can agree on all four of those, right? You should have read it like
0: Tarantino at the Globes. Give them all little taglines and everything. Uh,
1: What? what, I can't remember (laughs) what he did. What did he do?
0: Like he like introduced like all the drama nominations in like a very like tagline way. And then said, oh, the blue people from Avatar or something like that. Um, But I don't know that the way you like like, the phrase reminded me.
1: What, What he did, he went up, he went, Steven Spielberg. Kate Blanchett. These are the characters, directors, and actors responsible Tom for the Bruce. films. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. These Such a, such a guy. <laughs> what? But speaking of Tom him, Cruise. What cringy. Yeah. You've got
0: Tom He's Cruise here. in number five, right? I do. I do. Because I, I don't. don't buy Paul Mescal <laughs> in a solo nomination for Best Actor. And, uh, yeah... By default, I still have Maverick as a top three contender, and I think yeah. that he will co-tail here with another category that we'll get to in a little bit.
1: I don't see why Paul Mescal would be number six. Not number six. I don't see why he'd be number five. I don't see mm-hmm. why he's surging because it's not like it was a surprise he was making BAFTA. Of course he was making yeah. BAFTA. Of course he was making BAFTA. He's a British actor in an acclaimed British film. If anything, After Sun underperformed at BAFTA. Right, It so. missed screenplay, it missed director, it missed picture. It's still got Paul Mescal. That doesn't show passion for him. That shows that he was a goddamn jury pick.
0: So and it shows how weak that category was. <laughs>
1: it shows how weak the category is. I don't think he's getting in here, but who else can? There's Tom Cruise, who has missed everywhere. He missed SAG, where he should have got in. He missed Golden Globe, where he should have got in. He got in Critics' Choice with six nominees, but they were just doing everything. So, Mescal Mm -hmm. and Tom Cruise are there. But who else could make it? It's going to be a coattail nomination. It could be Gabriel Labelle in The Fablements. That's my pick, number five. Just because I'm like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? I don't know. I'll just put Gabriel Labelle in. Could be Diego Calva in Babylon. I don't think so because Babylon's really weak right now. Um, it could be Jeremy Pope in *The Inspection*, who has that Golden Globe nomination, who has a very Beatty performance um, uh, in a film that, it, like, it's a it's a performance that I think a lot if people see the film, it's gonna stick with them. It mm-hmm. could also be Tom Hanks in *A Man Called Otto*, just out of fucking left field. Uh, it could be Adam Sandler in *Hustle*, who got that SAG nomination out of nowhere. Could be Hugh Jackman in The Sun, uh, which has horrible critic reviews and no one's seeing it, so I don't think it's going to be there. I'm going to say it's not Felix Kammerer, who uh, did not get the BAFTA nomination. I think he was, like, maybe the only BAFTA long list mentioned that he did not get nominated. So he was the sole
0: no-on-all-quiet nomination.
1: I'm going to say he is out. Um, and that's why I have to go with my gut. I'm just going to stick with Gabriel Labelle in The Fable But I would say Tom Cruise is next most likely. I don't see Mescal happening here. I just don't.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. After Sun, if it wasn't going to get anything, it was going to be screenplay. And it would be a solo screenplay nomination. The movie's too small. It's A24's third priority. And we've seen the past A24 struggles of two. They're going to get two this year, but not by their own doing, I don't think. I think everything everywhere was carried by the critics and stuff doing it. So A24 didn't really have to campaign. And the whales kind of, have that same thing happen right now it's not like they're out there like forcing people to watch the whale it's the whale is building its own buzz um for this bit slot though i agree uh mezcal just doesn't seem likely Cruz like he doesn't have anything but for me that's my coattail nomination i would love labelle uh i think labelle is more worthy but he's a kid and they do not like nominating kids and best actor um yeah Cameron would have gotten the BAFTA, I would have put him in. He didn't get the BAFTA. He was the only thing for all quite not to get a BAFTA. He could have easily been a jury safe, and they still didn't take him. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman, The Sun, I get why you're predicting that, like because of the stat of there has to be one former um, nomination for Best Actor in. I, I do have Cruz for that, but I feel like if you're doing that, you have to go with Cruz, Hanks, one of those two, because... The sun is just so divisive. Not like the whale. It's so divisive in the other direction. Where people just despise this movie. Hugh Jackman's not even campaigning for this movie. Like, I get it's a name check. But if you're going to name check, you might as well do the guy who's out there campaigning. Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. And to me, I saw a man cut all this past week. I have no clue how this has not got anything. At minimum, it should have got the Globe comedy over Driver and White Noise. This is such a baby-type performance. And a good performance as well, but... It hasn't got anything. I'm not going to predict this to be the first nomination it gets. I agree with you. It's Cruz. It's Labelle, and I would honestly say equal of Mescal at that seventh spot is Adam Sandler. They're just copy over the SAG five because Adam Sandler's been on the trail. Just it's so yeah. weird to say his first nomination is going to be for Hustle.
1: Well, if his first nomination's drama. not this year, it's probably next year. Yeah, that it true, shows people still. are softening up to him. Uncut Gems was the first step where he just got snubbed everywhere. Hustle is the second step, and next year, Spaceman, I think, is going to finally get him his nomination.
0: And I guess the last is to address the other two people you mentioned. Calva, I honestly don't see a shot. If it's going to be a coattail to so those people we mentioned before, and Pope would make sense, but he's also another A twenty four movie like Mescal, but <laughs> even smaller. And uh... Yeah. but a Pope, would a be bigger performance in my lineup. A bigger yeah Pope would be in my lineup, but I just think the movie's too small and. It probably needed BAFTA for it to show some sign or SAG, and it didn't get either of those, and it just had to go to Globe. And it's to me, it's just a repeat of Maheshadli last year for swan song.
1: We'll have to see. This category gives me a headache, so uh, I think that we're gonna see at least one big surprise here.
0: I agree. Or well, I mean, honestly, whoever five is is a surprise because I don't. If anyone yeah. tells you this
1: consists of five, they're wrong. There is no yeah, there's no top five. five. There's a top four. There's no top five.
0: Original screenplay. A week ago, I told you, Banshees, if it's going to win a one award, it's winning this. Guess what? I changed my mind. Everything <laughs> Everywhere is now my screenplay winner. Um, and that's part of the reason why I do have a winning picture now. Uh, Banshees is, I would say, the second most locked. Tar, also lock, And I would say Fablemans isn't a lock, but it's pretty close. I could see Fablements pulling a make, where it just somehow misses. Um, but I'm not predicting that. The five slot, though, that's where I think the stuff is open in the air. And I think there's three movies for one spot. And more realistically, there's two movies. I think After Sun died at BAFTA. knocking uh, the BAFTA nomination killed it. And that leaves going with the BAFTA five of Triangle of Sadness. Or the Oscars saying, hey, we just love this movie. 1917, we gave you a screenplay nomination when no one else did. So guess what? We could do that again with Elvis. I'm leaning more Triangle of Sadness, but I can easily see Elvis cracking in. Anything else outside of the seven, you're crazy. No. <laughs> um,
1: I've got Elvis over Triangle. I've got the same top four as you. Everything everywhere. Banshees, Tar, Fablemans. But I don't have Triangle. I have Triangle going blank. And I've got Elvis instead. Now, the reason I have Elvis is because it's it's a Best Picture nominee. It's going to get WGA nominated. Yeah, it's, it's 1917. It's going to coattail. Everyone's going to say it shouldn't get nominated. And then it's going to get nominated. But really, I mean, there's some things cautioning me from this, which is that even though Elvis was clearly loved by BAFTA, it didn't get a screenplay nomination there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't care. Triangle feels more like a BAFTA screenplay, and Elvis feels like an Oscar screenplay. So, we will have to see, but I'm gonna stick with the same top four as you, and Elvis over Triangle of Sadness. I would say,
0: if Elvis gets in, I think it's more likely to kick up Mims. Triangle, like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. I could see Fableman's pulling a mink where it misses here in screenplay just randomly. They're like, there's no reason to believe that. I'm Bro, like, if I said, that I'm happens, not it.
1: like, what is happening? Yeah,
0: I'm not predicting that, but I could see that happen. Like, sitting here looking at, like, okay, here's our options, what could be the possibilities? That's like, if you want to ask, you like, oh, what's your bold, like, you think something crazy could happen on the Oscars morning, and that would be my one where Fableman just
1: happens to miss screenplay. Yeah, that would be nuts if that happens but let's move on to a category that defines the word nuts right now because uh this morning the two presumed front runners both missed bafta women talking glass onion both were not there and all i can say is "What what the fuck 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 yeah what the fuck um, I want to give credit to Sarah Polly, who is the most down-to-earth person, who got on Twitter and said, "In all fairness for this snub, I did eat an obscene amount of scones at the at the BAFTA tea party, and I probably <laughs> lost the nomination because people thought I was greedy, but they were just too good." Holy shit, she is she's a gem, um, and I still. I still think Women Talking is gonna win. It won Critics' Choice. It's going to win the WGA, like probably. Glass Onion could win WGA and just throw us into chaos. It's going to win USC Scripter, where The Whale and Glass Onion are not nominated. Glass Onion was not eligible. The Whale was eligible and just missed the nomination. So ultimately, even if Women Talking misses Best Picture, I still think it can win in Adapted Screenplay. What's gonna win at BAFTA, though? I think probably Living ultimately um so but let's let's talk about this whole category at number one i've got women talking i know some people are now kind of freaking out saying could it miss the oscars i don't think so i think bafta just did not care for the film uh or if they did care for the film not enough people saw it not enough people Mm -hmm. saw it in britain i don't think that's going to be the case with the oscars because they are really pushing this movie with academy voters so women talking the whale One that, a couple weeks ago, I did not think was getting a nomination at all. Uh, It's It's in. It's in. Then, Glass Onion. And those are the only three that I think are safe. I only think those three are safe. After that, it's a four-way battle for two spots. And the next four would be... And I'm not set on what mine are. I'm probably going to change it by the time that this video releases. Right now, my four and five would be Living and She Said but i'm not convinced by that i'm not convinced at all about that because top gun maverick is right there it's a best picture nominee it's one that the screenplay is not being talked about much but it is still one of the biggest films in the category and it's been picking up some nominations um it even got i did it get usc scripter it did it did it did so it got usc so d- there we go it's it's possible. And then one that i believe you have in all quiet on the western front i just again i just don't think that this film has the strength that we think it does i think we're being a little bit persuaded by bafta in the wrong way for all quiet especially because it doesn't feel like oscar voters are talking about it as much that's why i've got it at number seven but it's distinctly very possible ultimately though if i swap out living or she said i'd probably swap out living for top gun maverick again I don't know what I'm going to do here at this point, but let's just say what I have right now. And the box beside me will say something different. Currently I've got women talking the whale glass onion living. And she said,
0: yeah, I mean, I currently have six for five spots. I have living at seven. I have living missing. Um, I think it's Bill Nighy only for that film. Um, for "Adapter," though, I think women talking is in, I don't know if it's still guaranteed for a win cause I, don't have it in picture at the moment and that would break some trends break some stats i still don't know how you watch that movie and don't give it the win in this category um all quiet's a movie i want to put in i don't know what to take out because as you said the whale is a movie i had out for a long time but it's undeniable it's in now glass onions pretty safe and that leaves maverick and that leaves she said she said makes so much sense to get in regardless of carrie mulligan gets in this makes so much sense to be a lone screenplay nominee it does maverick though Maverick makes so much sense as well. I get people saying like oh Maverick's a bad script I don't think it's a bad script. it's not generic it, it does some different stuff with the genre and it's it's concise. there's a lot of stuff that it communicates without blatantly telling you like that first scene when you meet all of the pilots it doesn't beat you over the head of oh this pilot's this guy, this pilot's that guy it's able to communicate so well about what each person does without blatantly telling you. So, I feel like it could get in coattail. Like I said, I have Maverick at number three for picture. So, this would be like a 1970. It carries over, gets in the screenplay. All Quiet, on the other hand, though, if Women Talking doesn't win screenplay, that would be what would win because it would be a possible best picture nominee. That's with the assumption All Quiet's in for picture, which still, I think it's the 10 slot if it's in, or maybe the 9 slot now. Um, so, I have no clue what to pick at the moment. If you ask me on the 19th or fresh out of BAFTA I guess I'm women talking whale she said glass onion and maverick as my five of all quiet f- first out but by the time we get to Tuesday all quiet could be in and she said could be out maverick could be out I could go crazy and say no glass onion I still think it's in but I could see the angle where glass onion just gets blanked and gets nothing I, I don't think it's a likely angle but I could see it. Um so at the moment I think I'm going to leave all Quiet out as my 6 even though I don't really feel good about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh that all makes sense to me. I'm this category is just it's another headache category. There's so many headache categories this year where is it, headache it in the, feels the like the other it, direction. Yeah, it's oh my god, there's so many things. Anything could miss here. That's the thing for me is that nothing is safe in this category.
0: I agree. Because women talking can miss solely on the fact that they just didn't watch or didn't care. Like the same angle that people say about Daniel Deadwyler and Till can be applied to women talking. Mm-hmm. And it could just miss here. And if it misses, <laughs> what's going on? And then I think that would make it a crazy race to what wins. But as long as it shows up, it should win
1: regardless of its status of a Best Picture nominee or not. It should. It should. But we have to trust people to actually watch the goddamn movie. Mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest shames of this oscar season is that women talking is not a top three contender anymore like it should be getting in everywhere it should be well
0: i'll one-up you and move over to best director because the real biggest shame is that james cameron's not winning this award i have him as possibly being snubbed for this award uh but The five that I have here are Daniels for Everything and All At Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Martin McDonough for Banshees, Todd Field for Tar. Those four feel pretty good. That's four out of five from DGA. Seems pretty consistent. I have Cameron at five. Don't feel great about that, but the Oscars would be the place to reward him when no one else does. I mean, I didn't really know this, but from listening to other podcasts, pundits, articles, whatever, Apparently a lot of people don't like James Cameron. And that is part of the reason why yeah. they say, are saying he's struggling in this season. is because people just don't like him. Kind of a, akin to Tom Cruise, where people just don't like him. And they just don't want to reward him solely him. Like They'll reward his movie, but they don't want to reward the person themselves.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think that Avatar The Way of Water is suffering from Two Towers Syndrome. Where mm-hmm. it's the middle chapter not even the middle chapter now because James Cameron has said I'm making all of them I'm making four and five yeah. so it's it was always going to suffer from middle chapter but now extra so and we're seeing it's it's kind of really on the fence everywhere it might not get cinematography it might not like the only things that it's really really safe for are VFX and sound
0: mm-hmm. and
1: outside of that and production design I'd say too But outside of that, it's just, it's missing all over the place, which is why I have to put, I have the same top four as you, I have to put Baz Luhrmann in as my number five. I don't trust Edward Berger to get in here. The reason why I don't is, again, what I keep saying, with All Quiet, we don't know exactly how much it's going to translate, because we haven't seen any All Quiet love reflected from Americans at all, and we can't go 100% off of the BAFTA vote. We can't it's just not agree. something we can do so i've got baz lerman in at my number five but the same top four as you Daniels, spielberg mcdonough field rounding us out baz lerman i definitely could see baz
0: man. baz missing bafta hurts for me because i feel like he would be a safe i know some other people are like there's no way they would save him bafta loves baz he got in for Romeo and Juliet. I'm
1: pretty sure he got in for Gatsby as well. I could be wrong that. Doesn't that doesn't mean but. the jury loves him, though. That doesn't mean the yeah. jury loves him. And his film was strong enough to be top five for Best Picture, which is not a juried category.
0: Mm-hmm. Good points, good points. Uh, I guess other people, if you were to take Cameron out, as mentioned, there's Baz, there's Burger. I don't buy a burger because he's not a name. Uh, if you look recently, our international selectees were names for the most part. Uh, you could say last year with Drive My Car. Uh, hamaguchi wasn't a huge name but that movie was just so powerful that obviously he was going to come along with a ride but everyone else has been the international pick has either been a previous nominee or someone whose name has been out there before this singular film other people you could say dga5 kaczynski i wouldn't say dga5 if it wasn't field and someone else in that fifth slot yeah maybe kaczynski could come along but i don't see them going five for five um and at that point I think that's the end of the cut for people you can even say has a remote chance but just for giggles what, you don't pick in year 2 Just for giggles we have Aslan and AGI out there for Triangle and Bardo will they get in no but uh if you need me to fill out a list of 10 I'll put them in a list of 10
1: <laughs> I I wouldn't put them in a list of 10 personally um yeah but honestly I'm still I'm still hanging on to my coping and being like there has to be a woman in here like Holly how...
0: was number 6 until today I, She dropped off from 6 after uh, She missed BAFTA I thought she was almost a lock for
1: BAFTA Yeah, it's just a goddamn shame I just don't understand How the Oscars are repeating The same mistake that they made two years ago Like, they got so much They got a shit storm. I, I,
0: I mean, I get that angle But I guess if you're just looking at How stuff's been performing It makes sense because, like, She Said's not a top contender. Woman King is not a top contender. Woman Talk is not a top contender. And then, if you look at it, who would you take out, sort of thing? And I guess most people, if you're like super into, I guess, film and whatnot, be like, oh, I guess you could take out Spielberg. I guess you could take out McDonough. I guess you could take out Cameron or Baz. But still, when you're going to a more populist sense, it's like, oh, I don't know who I would take out here. Maybe Feel, but an Oscar winner is not going to take out Field to
1: put in Polly. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just. I don't know, this category. Uh, Yet another one that just slot five is giving me a headache. It's just slot five.
0: You
1: know what's giving me a
0: headache is the tenth slot for a picture. Because I feel very good about my nine, but my ten, I don't know what to do because I have like four movies for that tenth slot. Do you want to read off what your best picture ten is though?
1: I will because we've got nine out of ten the same. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my win. I'm going to say... I've been saying everything ever all at once, all year long for Best Picture. I've had it in there since, like, May. So we're going to stick with it. Everything ever all at once. Following us up, the next two are potential win competitive. um, The Banshees of Inishirin and the Fablemans. Banshees would need to win Screenplay. Fablemans would need to win Director and get an Editing nomination, which doesn't seem likely at this point. Then the next few... Top Gun, Maverick, Elvis, Tar. Those three I think are completely stable, 100% nominees, but maybe not win competitive. After that, we've got the ones that I'd say are on the fence. These could be the surprise snubs of the morning. Um, First one would be Avatar The Way of Water. I could see a world where this does not make Best Picture. I do think it's number seven very solidly, but I could see us getting that uh, nomination and it just being missing. Um, After that, All Quiet on the Western Front, number eight. It got BAFTA. It's happening. It's happening. It's the most nominated film by BAFTA, maybe, like, in the last decade or more. Like, it's nuts. So, All Quiet on the Western Front, number eight. But it could miss, because again, BAFTA might not translate. Number nine, The Whale. This would be a stat breaker, because it only has PGA. But... It has that sort of Coda momentum push. I remember earlier in the year, we were talking about what the hell is happening with The Whale, and I put out there the possibility that A24's strategy was that they were saving all of their marketing push for the last minute, and that's what it seems like they're doing. They mm. are pushing the shit out of this film at the very last minute, and it seems to be sticking. Then at number 10, we're going to disagree here. You have Babylon. Okay. I... I'm sticking with Women Talking. It is one of my favorite films of the year. Of course, I'm coping, but I have to keep this in. I still think it's winning Adapted Screenplay. It is just such an undeniable film in my mind. I don't see them going with so many divisive films to go with Babylon, The Whale, as well as Elvis and Avatar and All Quiet, all of which got, like, medium critic reviews. I, I can't see them also going for Babylon.
0: Fair enough. Um, as you mentioned, we had the same top nine, pretty much the same order. I think Maverick is number three and Fable Miz is four. Other than that, we have the same order there. Uh, I had Babylon at 10, as I mentioned throughout all these predictions. Um, I was doing my whole predictions based off of what I had in pictures, So I had Pitt in because I had Babylon in. I also had Babylon picking up some extra technical nominations because I had it in. Women Talking I had Missing Supporting Actor and... As a possible score miss, depending on if they really just don't watch the movie. I still think it's in, but maybe. Uh, "Woman Talking is my 11, though. I have Triangle Sadness at my 12. If it picks up screenplay, if it picks up Dolly, it's in picture. Glass um, City, to me, I don't see the case for it making picture. I don't see it getting anything besides screenplay. And screenplay, still, I could see a world where it misses. I'm not predicting that, no. But for me, it's 13. And then at 14, I have Woman King. And at the end of that, that's where my shutoff for potential nominations is. Yeah. Is that Woman King at 14. And still, I have Woman King getting one nomination. If it gets in picture, Vala Davis comes. Costumes comes. And it probably picks up something else along the line, too. And who knows? Maybe that's our surprise acting nomination is Lashana Lynch gets in for supporting actress. But after she not getting the bathtub, I don't think so. Um, so to me, it's more realistically... Three movies for the last spot, it's Woman King, no sorry, Woman Talking, Babylon, and Triangle, take your pick. And as I mentioned before, there's the various paths in nomination halls for them. Woman Talking picks up scores, adapted screenplay, Babylon gets pit plus some text, and Triangle gets screenplay plus Dolly.
1: Yeah, so for me, after I've got Babylon at number eleven. After that, I've only got three that I think are possible, and I've got some differences here from you. I don't have the Woman mm-hmm. King as possible. Um, I've got Glass Onion, which its package would have to be screenplay, costumes, and maybe Monet. Um, But it's looking less and less likely by the day. Then I've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Got the PGA nomination. It's going to get a ton of tech nominations, costumes, production design. It's supporting actress win competitive. Um, That, to me, says this could potentially be a contender. And then finally, Triangle of Sadness. I don't see it happening. It would need screenplay. It would need supporting actress. And uh, I don't think it's getting either of those. So ultimately, I would say that there's really 12 possibilities because I don't see Black Panther or Triangle of Sadness, but I have to mention them. But Glass Onion is really where I'd end.
0: Yeah, I would end with Women Talking. I think it's Women Talking, Babylon, take your pick. I would say it's like 50-50 between those two. And if you want to extend it out more, I would say probably 40% Women Talking, 40% Babylon, eight percent triangle and like two woman king and that would kind of be it for you me.
1: wouldn't say anything for glass onion
0: no i don't see a world where glass Onion gets anything besides screenplay and i don't think screenplay is enough to get you in the picture mm. I, th- Interesting. I think Monet's like down to nine and i'm someone who would give monet the win if they showed up and i don't see it getting into costumes i don't see it getting into production design editing mm-hmm. and anything like that i'm ready to eat my words that happens because i would much prefer glass onion to uh, some of those movies, I just, I guess, maybe not. I, I think last Night I Woman Talking and Babylon all about even films. But still, I would like for it to see it get in, especially like Over the Whale or something. But I just don't see it happening, especially with it struggling at SAG. Uh, Monet hasn't gotten anywhere of merit for the most part. And I don't know. To me, it's Babylon, Women Talking. Babylon has the bigger package, but women Talking has the bigger award.
1: Yeah. Well, next time we speak, we will know the Oscar nominations. Uh, Well, we won't know because we're going to be reacting to them as they come in. Yes, exactly. So that's going to be incredibly interesting because um, there's going to be some big surprises, some big snubs. And hopefully we can both end up with really good scores on Gold Derby this year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully.
0: Well, yeah, sadly, Bardo is dead. I have it for zero nominations, and that's that's a pain for me to say because just looking at the film ball lineup, if I picked Maverick, if I picked Fablements, my other two options I was looking at there for the four slot, I would be in second place and only like 500 points behind you. And that would be so fun and interesting for this podcast, but sadly, it's not. I could still get three Best Picture nominations with Avatar, Elvis, and All Quiet, and come in third. That's absurd to me. Regardless, though... I'm down to figure out what these Oscar nominations would be like on Tuesday. As Matt mentioned, we're going to be live
1: reacting to them, so expect an episode out then. Any last words here before we get out of here, Matt? I'm super excited. This always feels like Christmas morning to me. You know, uh, waking up, seeing the Oscar nominations, that is the most exciting day of the year for me. Mm -hmm.
0: I agree. Nominations morning is better than
1: winner's night. I agree. I agree. I think nominations are better than wins. Truly, I think it's so much more fun. There's so many more variable variables going on than just the winners. Exactly. But until next
0: time, thank you for
1: listening to this episode.
0: But my name's Dill,
1: and my name is Matt, and this has been Fantasy Film Ball.
0: Thank you for tuning to this episode of Fantasy Film Ball with Matt and Dill. Keep up to date with us on Twitter at FilmBall. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. We even upload a video format of the podcast to YouTube if you wanna see our faces. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show and come back next week.